Woo, man, you guys are fired up today. I'm telling you what, man, hadn't it been a good month? Hadn't it been amazing? You believe July is almost gone? Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. We've had an awesome month, great time. Um, just thinking about the last couple weeks, and uh, man, from getting to preach with Dad, that was amazing, to hearing Pastor Ray, to bringing in Scotty, the body, the deaf shepherd. I have some stories I love to tell about Scotty this morning, but you know, y'all didn't come for that. Y'all came to hear, hear a message, but uh, I got a good one. Y'all ask me later, I'll tell it sometime. I love Scotty, Pastor Scott Blanchard. Didn't he do a great job last week? Went amazing. Awesome. How many got fired up to tell someone about Jesus? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. How many were here but didn't get fired up to tell someone about Jesus? Let me see who I need to be preaching to today. Raise your hand. Awesome. It was so good. I'm fired up. Um, Man, Ignite was incredible. I just want to brag on every volunteer, every leader. I'm telling you whether it was the worship team. Uh, Momentum Kids, production team, it was amazing, it was first class, and uh, if your kids were not able to come, you better mark it down, because we do it every year. Um, Here's the deal, we believe that they're the now generation, not the next, and because they're the now, we prioritize and put focus, energy, and money right there, And, and we are building these kids to love Jesus now, not later, not serve them later, serve them now. Not start serving in the church later, serve them now. So we taught them about our production team called All Access. That was amazing. We taught them why we sing. We taught them why we worship. And it was just over the top, over the top. I'm so thankful. God gave that vision to me a couple years ago. I think, is this the third year that we did that? Is that correct? The third year. And I just believe that God spoke to my heart one day and said, raise up a generation to start now of young people that will have a heart for me. Why? Because he wants to pour who? I just got the God bumps. Man, that's good when you're in the gym. Then you can lift more. And it's good when you're in God's house because you can shout more. You praise a little bit more. But um, I got those God bumps this morning. And, and it's because when you raise them out, up like that, God is looking to pour a spirit out on them. And so that's a whole other message that I don't have time for. But uh, how many came to hear the word? Let me hear you say amen. How many came to see if I keep it to an hour? That's right. That's right. I, I pray this prayer. God, give us people that want more of you, not less of you. <sighs> I met a man in China, rode a train for days so he could hear the word of God. And sometimes somewhere in our Bible, we think we saw it's supposed to be an hour. Man, no, you. Oh, I'm, I'm meddling now. Just wait. I'm fixing to preach. <laughs> Go ahead, fix it again. <laughs> Whole nother level. You know what? Like seriously, like how many came to get something from God, or did we come to see if Pastor Tim preaches over? Like which is it? I'm just curious. Did you come to get something from God today? Okay. All right. All right. Don't be changing, flip flopping on me then. <laughs> Blessed are the hungry, for they will be filled. You fill up on potato chips, you don't got room for steak. But you come to the Roost Chris, hungry, little sweet potatoes on the side. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. Little steak. Pastor Ray. I gave Pastor Ray a gift card two years ago for hitting a goal for camp. I said, if you can do this as a crazy BHAG, I'm going to get you a gift certificate to Roost Chris. Y'all just went for the first time. Y'all had that gift card for how long? Two years. I bet next time you get a gift card, you won't wait two years, will you? Because you owe taste and see that Roos Chris is good. And when you taste and see that the Lord is good, you don't wait two years to get back to the table. Someone, someone say amen. Are y'all ready? We're going to preach up in here today. Awesome. I'm glad that you're here. Awesome. 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 Well, let me just start off with this story. Um, Monday was a day. It was a day. It was a day. It was a day that the Lord has made. And yet that's a declaration and an attitude and a mindset. But sometimes the day sucks. And that's why we remind ourselves this is the day. Even this is the day that God has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Right. And we declare that we state that we're reminded. And some days they just bad. 
What do you do? Well, for me on Monday, it was, man, it was a day where I just need to talk to Jesus. I did, I canceled all my meetings. They start at 730 and they go to 330 on Mondays. Then I tried to hit the gym after that. And, and I just canceled them all. I, I think 530 that morning, 630 something. I was texting you guys. Don't forget. We got, uh, our uh, campus leader meeting and all that stuff. And anyways, I canceled it all and I hid. Do you ever hide? I hid. Now, this one of bad hiding places was the ultimate hiding place. He's our refuge. He's our rock. He's our hiding place. He's where we can go. He's the shelter in the time of the storm. You ever just feel like the devil jerking you around? You ever feel like the attack is just coming from every side? And you never feel it more than when you're going in the direction God has called you to. When Peter got out of the waves or got out of the boat into the waves, I, I can't imagine but that the waves were coming pretty strong and the wind was blowing pretty strong. And all of a sudden he felt it. What do you do when you feel it? You run to your hiding place. David spoke of it in Psalms. And I did that and I prayed and I prayed and had a glorious day, man. It was phenomenal. Um, God was just speaking to my heart and lifting me up and speaking truth over my life. And, and you know, let us hear God over man. Right? Let us hear God over man. And so Monday was that. And Monday night, God kind of led me to uh, the dock. Now, I love to go out to the dock. We have a community dock. I love to go out there, especially later at night when no one's there. And it's me and God. And it's very dark. And the stars are out. And they look like diamonds in the sky. Someone ought to write a song about that. And um, <laughs> I go out there, and it's me and God. And I can worship. I don't just, like, do this here when I'm worshiping, you ought to see me on the dock, you know, They're, they keep building homes, so, you know, I got to get quiet, a little quieter, quieter, they, no, but I go after God on the dock, man, someone needs to know today that God's wanting you to chase him down, he's chasing you down, but God likes it when we chase him down, God likes it when we come hungry, because then he's like, oh, I got something for you today, right, like, never go to grandma's house Thanksgiving full, like, who wants Fruit Loops, not Thanksgiving Day, Right? Like, I'm going to pass breakfast. I'm going to eat just, I'm going to skip that. I, I want it all. And so, man, I'm out there at the dock, and, and, and God knows this about me. I love shooting stars. I pray for them sometimes. I know this. He might call their name, and they'd shoot. Maybe the reason why they light up is because that's when he called them out. The Bible says he knows all the stars, and he calls them out every, every night by name. That's the God I serve. So I'm out there. Now I'm sitting down. Now I'm laying down on the dock. Got my hands there because who knows what kind of fish was flopping around earlier. And I'm looking up there. And I'm looking and I see shooting star, shooting star, shooting star. And I'm just thinking, God, you're so big. You're so awesome. And sometimes our best prayers are just quiet. Right? Just being before the Lord. In fact, someone once said, like, don't rush into God's presence with a lot of words. Don't be a chatterbox in the king's presence. Come slowly and humbly and then, then ignite it with thanksgiving and praise. Are you in? So I'm just laying there. I'm taking all God in. And this man, what started out rough is ending up awesome in God's presence. And then I hear it. I'm going to stand on this side. That's a little more drama effects here. And I hear this. And you can feel it at the end of the dock. And sometimes you can look, and it could be like a kid walking. But when you're on the dock, you can feel it. You can hear it. And I'm laying down. So that is like the thing shaking a little bit. And um, maybe it's because part of it fell through. I don't know. But, but, uh, I don't know. But uh, inside joke. But, but this guy's walking. I'm like, oh, I'm going to fix and scare the mess out of him. This, this fixing get crazy because he doesn't know I'm here. And I'm not sitting on the seat. I'm laying down where he can't see me. And there's just a little enough, enough mischievousness in me just to do something like that if you know gavin you know tim Payne. and i'm like i'll fix it i light this person up and then i thought what if i get shot <laughs> you know <laughs> what if he crushes me you know what and so you know anyways we we thank god for grace so he's coming around the corner and i so bad wanted to get him i just wanted to get him and I'm laying there, and so I don't get him. I just stay there, and, and he comes around the corner, and he sees me, and, and he says, hey, what's up? And he goes, and he sits down, long story short. Um, he starts telling me about, you know, and, and he may be here today, and I hope he is here today, and I'm glad we had this conversation. It made my week because God knows how to bump, set, spike. Are you with me? God writes the story. And at the end of God's story is God's glory. Make no doubt about it. And so I know what I'm speaking on this Sunday. This is Monday. And now all of a sudden God's like, like you made it through all of today for this moment. So I'm talking this guy. And um, he's, uh, 
<laughs> tell me about his girlfriend and his friends, and, and they're going to smoke weed at the dock. And so he asked me, like, basically, you know, do you, uh, do you smoke weed? Do you want any weed? <laughs> I've never been offered weed before. <laughs> But it just so happens he caught me on the right day. <laughs> I said, if you only knew the day I had today. <laughs> I'm like, how much you got? No, I'm just teasing. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. If you got offended, great peace of they that love God's word. Nothing will offend them. We're just laughing. And so he, he says, dude, you want some weed? And I'm like, oh. And so right now, <laughs> I don't tell you what I really thought. No, right now, I just, I was like, I prayed a prayer and I just said, God, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Like, I'm not scared in this moment, but I know you're here in this moment. Right? I know you're here. And so help me. Help me. And so I thought about what I would say. And then I had a couple of thoughts. And I said to him, I said, man, nah, I don't, I don't do weed, man. I said, I get high a whole different way. Amen. Yeah, I'm not that good. That was the Holy Spirit. I'm not that good. I'm not that, you know, swagalicious. But I just, I, uh, I pray and I ask Holy Spirit, help me, because I know this is a real moment. This kid came out here to smoke weed. I'm out here to talk to you, and you made sure our paths cross. Either God... Wanted this guy to hear about him, right? That was the moment, right? Let's make sure y'all with me. And so I said that to him, and now his curiosity's thinking. He's like, and he said to me, well, what do you do to get high? Bam, I got you now, boy. You don't even know you on the hook. You coming in, baby. I came out here to fish. I came out here to talk to God. You walk right up in the presence of Almighty God. You don't even have a clue where you're at, son. God's been telling shifting stars right and left for me. You walked up in here and thought you were going to get high. You're already on a high. You don't even know it. You're fixing a trip for real, for real, for real. And I said, man, you ever count the stars? And he said, every night. I said, have you ever counted them all? He said, never. I said, what I do to get high is I like to talk to the God who calls the stars out every night by their names. That's what I do to get high. And now all of a sudden, we're there. We're in the God talk area. And remind me about Jesus with the woman at the well. And she came, and then all of a sudden the subject turned real spiritual. <laughs> well, let me, our, surely our forefathers, right? you know, she started all this. And, and it was so cool because we had this God talk, and I just listened to him. You know, you just got to listen to people. In order for them to want to hear what you have to say, they have to know you care what they want to say. Right. And some people, they don't need agreement. They just need to know they've been listened to. Right. My word for the year is listen. I'm trying to listen. It's hard to listen. I know that shocks y'all about me, but it's hard to listen sometimes. I want to talk. I, this thing keeps going. I got all kinds of ideas and thoughts and people to talk to. Anyone like me? Help me feel better, please. It'll cut down on my therapist account. No, no, seriously, help me out here. No, I was just kidding. So, so we're having this conversation, and long story short, long story short, you know, that night I didn't lead him to Christ. But see, sometimes it's like three foot. It's like 36 inches. We don't know where people are. We don't know how close they are to Jesus. And the truth is they may be right there and all they need is just the invitation. Or they may be an atheist and they may be like, I don't believe it. I remember witnessing in New York City in Central Park. We took teenagers there. We took about 60, 75 teenagers to New York City to witness to people. And I remember the questionnaire and asking people questions. And I said to one person, what do you think of, what do you think when I say the word Jesus Christ? And this person later would say Jesus Christ followed by a string of cuss words. And I repeated it back and I wrote it down. So he knew I heard what he said because that was the 36 inch mark. My goal was to follow Jesus so that when I left, he wasn't still at 36. Are you with me? 
Y'all with me? See, sometimes you see people and you just met them in the moment when they're at 36. But God says, oh, I'm, I'm pulling them in. They're not staying at 36. In fact, some of y'all were 36. Right? Right? Any people in here, you were at 36? Anyone got to testify? Come on. You know what I'm talking about? And thank God, God didn't give up on you. My God, I want to preach today. See, the good thing about having other people preach is, man, you can't wait to get back up and preach. The bad thing is you preach long. So, uh, so <laughs> nervous laughter. <laughs> Romans 10, verse 13 says, For everyone or anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Now make no mistake about it. Our mission is clear. There was incredible clarity when Jesus spoke what our mission was, right? Like mission is what we do and the vision is how we do it. And in Matthew's account, Matthew and Mark both share the Great Commission, which is one of our core values, is that we are on mission with the Great Commission. When we started Momentum Church, we said C3, C3 is going to be these core values. And we talked about each one of these, and one of them was the Great Commission. It's great because it's about good news. And we talk about the responsibility that we had and how Jesus left us with clarity. He said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And if you're here today and you're wrestling with this Jesus thing, I get it. And you really need to wrestle with this part because Jesus says something here that is over the top. It's a little audacious. It's a little bodacious here. This is like Jesus, like, what are you saying? And he says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And because of this, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach these new disciples or learners or Jesus followers, teach them to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I want to start a two-part mini-series called Give and Take, Give and and take. And I want to start today just with saying that I, I know um, that I'm not a, uh, I'm not perfect when it comes to the matter of sharing my faith. When I was in college, I graduated, I did an internship um, for two and a half years. I worked at a church. It wasn't for pay, it was to volunteer. I was getting paid with experience, I was gaining experience. Sometimes people today are always looking for money. Don't underestimate experience. Wealth is here. And during that time in college, mom and dad helped me with college. We wanted to graduate with no debt. They sacrificed. I thank you for that. I cannot thank you enough. At the same time, I worked my tail off. That's kind of like us and God. God does his part, and we have a part to play too. I worked at Nebraska Prime Meats off of uh, Palafox Street. Used to be there. And... Uh, um, would deliver, man, in Alabama, Destin, you name it. I delivered Eglin Air Force Base, delivered all over the place, Herbert Field, Holly by the Sea. I remember all that 20-something years ago. And there was a guy who was my boss. He was kind of like Mick on, in, the, in the movie Rocky, right? Greatest series of all time. They just happened to have a Rocky fest. I recorded it all so I can watch it again with my kids and introduce them. So some good things. And so you remember, Mick, oh, Mick, what's like that? You know? Get out of here. You remember Mick? Well, that was, that was this guy. He was like the GM of this business. And he was rough and he was tough. He was gruff. And he didn't take nothing off of anybody. And he was a heavy drinker. And he had some words I'd never heard of before. And he liked the fact that Bible, college, Tim Payne, little study and be a preacher worked for him. 
He liked that. One, one day, um, let's get that story. Don't have time. So, so this guy was on my heart to witness to, and the Spirit of God was pulling me in to witness to him. And I was hesitating. You know what hesitating is? It's delaying. I was finding excuses. I was trying to say, well, my busy schedule, I'm working so many hours a day and I can't do this and all that kind of stuff. The Spirit of God would just keep them on my heart. Listen to me. When God places someone on your heart, that is God talking to you about them. Are you with me? There is a reason why God is placing them on your heart. The best thing we can do is respond quickly. I did not respond quickly. But I thank God for his grace. I thank God that God loves me and God taught me through this. Sunday night, I was licensed at a church in town, a great church in town, and men of God placed their hands upon me, recognized the calling that was on me, and now I'd graduated college, fulfilled that summer commitment, two and a half years interning, and now they were blessing me, saying, God's hand is on you, you're anointed, and, and our blessing is with you. I was going back to Columbia, Tennessee to, to come help dad and also work at, I would uh, work at um, men's warehouse as a wardrobe consultant as I was getting ready to leave that night I was now feeling very convicted because I had not told this man about Jesus so it's 8 30 9 o'clock our church gathering was over and I'm gonna drive all night to go home because when you're young you can do that right um if you're my buddy Doug Jolly you just still do that it's a mentality and it's awesome and, and it's quiet right you get down the road and not as much traffic and and so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go to his house. I've been there once, sweet, sweet wife, sweet wife. And I got there and I walked up to the door to witness to him. And I had got, I was, I was done, no more excuses. I'm leaving town. I didn't want his blood on my hands. I didn't want to get to heaven and realize he wasn't there. And I never told him, yet I worked with him. You with me? And when I talked to his sweet wife, told her why I was there, she teared up and said a few weeks previously he had died. And I cannot tell you how that marked me as a Jesus follower. And I, I'm thankful that God never shames us. But God does correct us. And hearing those words from his widow's lips did something in my heart that I've never recovered from. Because I wasn't sure where he would spend eternity. I get chills thinking about it. There are people around you that need you to love them enough to share your faith. That's right. And it's not just about sharing your faith because there's so many faiths. We'll talk about it next week. Man, I was studying this week all these different cults and all these different religions, studying college, refreshing this last week. And, and it's funny because they all come down to the same thing. It's something you have to do. And salvation is just the opposite. It stands alone. Narrow is the way. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to God, to heaven, to the eternal life. And it's like either works or work that's finished and done and paid for in full for everybody. You with me? And, and so as I'm, as I'm studying this week and I'm just going through that, I was reminded that, you know what, sometimes it's a scary thing to share our faith Nonetheless, people need to hear not just our faith. They need to hear the object of our faith because all those cults have faith. It's crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. I'm going to mention some of it next week just quickly. But, but it's not about faith that saves you. You don't get saved by faith. It's, it's um, grace that saves us. The world and religion says it's all about merit. Jesus said it's all about mercy. So it's, it's either what you have to do or what he already did. Are you with me? And it matters because there are people in your world that need Jesus so bad. And I believe they're looking for Jesus so bad. They just, they, they just don't know it's Jesus. Or maybe someone painted a wrong picture like Scotty was talking about last week of Jesus. Screaming, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. And, right? So maybe, maybe they just thought some person or some church experience is really how Jesus is. And so they become hardened. And, and so thinking about this, I, I was thinking about the excuses and the reasons, really the reasons why we don't share our faith. I'll give them to you really quickly. It's 
Six reasons why I believe many Jesus followers find it difficult to share their faith. And I definitely have identified with every one of these. Number one, maybe you feel like I've never been taught how to share Jesus or discipled would be the, the word there. I've never learned how to share what Jesus has done. You don't have to go to cemetery, or I mean seminary, you don't have to go to seminary to share your faith. Jesus meets a woman at the well. She's not living a great godly lifestyle. She doesn't know him, so she's not supposed to. What's our takeaway? Don't judge non-Christians by how Christians are supposed to act. Jesus listens to her. Jesus speaks to her where she was at her point of uncertainty, which is the, that's, that's the hook. And, and then she goes and becomes evangelist to everybody, to her town that knew her, that knew that she was the last person to be talking about godly stuff. So it's not that you got to go. Now, going to seminary is not bad. Going to Bible college is not bad. Learning about Jesus is not bad. I'm not, I'm not throwing those things under. But listen to me. Don't let the devil, he'll feed you excuses all day while you don't need to share your faith. After all, he's going to be cast in outer darkness. He'd like some company. And so some people just never been taught. Some people, number two, they don't know how to start the conversation. How do I start the conversation? I don't know how to start a conversation about spiritual matters. Number three, they're unsure how to direct, how to navigate the conversation when it gets going. Maybe they think, I don't have all the answers. I don't have a lot of Bible knowledge. I'm intimidated. I might say the wrong thing. Number four, they just simply lack confidence. They're afraid that I might do more harm than good. Number five, they can't imagine that someone would actually want to listen to them and hear what they have to say like that guy. And that guy, wasn't that kind of shocking? Wasn't that kind of powerful? And he's saying, man, if you, like, like if you say you're a Jesus follower, you ought to be talking about it, Right? And so today, the message is nothing to do with shame, and it's not like, it's not like that. Today's message is to, um, last week we were motivated to share our faith, but what the Lord put in my heart is, I would say probably, honestly, maybe 70% of Christians don't know how to. So they can listen to a message, they can laugh, they can love it, they can listen, they can agree with it, they can respond to it, but it's back to ground zero, because how do I share my faith? I don't know how to do it. And what's more intimidating than trying to do something in front of people that you don't know how to do, right? Like, I remember my job at McDonald's, hello, 16, you know, get up there and do it. And I was like, and there's so many buttons, you know, that was kind of the training was like, you're going to figure it out. Go, you know, sorry about the 40 people in line. (laughs) Where's the double cheeseburger again, right? And yet so many people, they, they, they don't know. And, and then some people, they just, they're, they're afraid. They fear rejection. And the problem is we've confused rejection with failure. We confuse rejection with failure. If they reject the gospel, if they reject us, then we think we failed and we don't want to fail. Are you with me? Now, I'm going to teach next week. This one is kind of about the big picture, and we're going to watch someone come, come to Jesus, and we're going to break it down, and then next week, next week is kind of like we're all in the game room, we're watching film together, next week we're going to go to the individual X's and O's. We're going to say this is where we block, this is where we run, this is where we, right, just like that. That's next week. And I believe that people in our community are not so much gospel hardened as they are seriously gospel ignorant. They don't know. And and what we do if we're not careful is we try to give people Jesus. We try to give people love and hope and peace. We try to present Jesus like Jesus is, uh, what's that? You know, poopery spray, you know, just makes your stuff smell better. You know, just spray a couple stuff and it, it won't smell that bad. And we present Jesus like that. Am I being real? Quit looking at me like y'all judging me. But we do that. It's like Jesus will make everything better. And Jesus does make life better. Amen. And Jesus does make us better at life. Amen. He did come to give us life abundantly. But many of us know people that came. They were coming. They were here. They prayed and asked Jesus to come into their life and they're gone because after you get Jesus all of a sudden you realize you have a real enemy where you are walking 
with the enemy before and life was easy. Now all of a sudden you feel a little resistance. So you got to resist the devil. He'll flee from you. You all with me? So here's what I want you to know today is that it's not my job to win somebody to Jesus. It's my job to share Jesus with them. In other words, I don't do the work. God did the work and he finished the work. It is finished. So I just get to tell the story. I promise you, Pastor Ray is going to be talking about that steak all week long he just had. He's going to be talking about that hot date with Vanessa. He's going to be talking about it, right? Like, come on. He's going to be talking about it. He's excited. Why? It's a story that's fresh in his heart. And when the gospel is fresh in our heart, we can't help but talk about it. God's job is to draw them. God does the work. I want you to look at this first, and then we're going to jump into a story here. John 6, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. In the Amplified, it says, giving him the desire to come to me. That's what it means by draw. No one can come to me, Jesus said, unless God the Father who sent me, Jesus, gives that person the desire to come to me. And I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. You see, it's not my job to save them. It is my job to share with them. But there was a time when I didn't know Jesus. And then there was a time when someone told me about Jesus so I could know. Mom and dad, thank you for bringing us up to know Jesus. Parents, do not just leave the church to teach your kids about Jesus. Grandparents, don't just leave it up to your kids to teach their kids about Jesus. You teach them about Jesus. And someone showed me so I could know, and now I know, and now I want to show other people so they can know and go with Jesus. I mean, the mission is clear. The gospel, the first two letters in gospel is the mission, go. That's why every week we talk about those invite cards. But invite cards are great, and you ought to invite people. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. But an invite card and knowing how to share Jesus with someone are totally different levels. And if you will never even share an invite card for a message series that you know your friend needs, the enemy's really pleased with you because he knows he can keep you a spiritual baby just crying and whining and never a real threat to him. But we become a real threat when we understand that the gospel is powerful. Amen. And it's not, it's not what we bring to it. It's what it brings to us. But how can they know unless someone tells them? Y'all with me? So we get to the story today of this Ethiopian eunuch found in Acts chapter 8. And in Acts chapter 7, we see the first martyr. Filler, filler. <laughs> Philip, Philip is martyred. And in Acts chapter 9, we see Saul's conversion to Paul. And in between lies the story of Paul in verse 1. Saul at that time in verse 1, demanding that people die. And he's applauding Philip's murder and then he's going to Jerusalem and he's dragging men and women out of their homes in Jerusalem to throw their tails in prison for believing the gospel because the gospel must start at home Acts 1 8 said that the gospel would start there and it would spread and it would go to the uttermost parts of the earth are you with me and sometimes what the enemy always what the enemy means for evil God means for good because the enemy thought, ah, we're going to scatter all these Christians. And God said, scatter them. That's how the word's going to spread. Amen. And so Philip is running from Jerusalem for same reason all these Christians are running. They're running to get out of persecution. And they're going to spread the gospel. Everywhere these Christians go, they tell about Jesus. They cannot not talk about Jesus. That, should, that was the standard. It is the standard. That should always be the standard. So how I know where I am with Jesus is, does my life look anything like that? Or is everything else more important? You with me? And so we pick up here in Acts chapter 8, and we're going to learn just a few things real quick about this man named Philip. He was a man of God. Now, what does that mean, be a man of God or a woman of God? It means you're just an ordinary person with an extraordinary God. And the closer you get to Jesus, as you draw close to him, he comes close to you, and he just gets on you. You ever hugged someone before, and next thing you know, their perfume, clone, 
words on you. I used to love the letters I would get when Steph worked at a camp. and I'd smell that perfume, right? Rub that thing on my pillow. And then pray for Stephanie. Help her to say yes one day, Lord. Amen. Right? Like we ought to be so close to Jesus, we smell like Jesus. People don't confuse us with religion. They're like, you, that's, they don't even know the word grace, but they're like, man, you got something I want. And so I want to say this about the gospel. The gospel's got to start at home. Like, I'm all for mission trips. We're going to announce three. We're going to announce three mission trips. We're going to go to Costa Rica. We're going to go to um, uh, Columbia, South Carolina and help Pastor Jim. And we're going to go to L.A. to help Pastor Jeremy. And we're going to unleash three of them at the same time. I'm all for mission trips. But don't, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Don't fly over the mission field to get to the mission field. Your mission field is your office. Your mission field is your cubicle. Your mission field is your next door neighbor. Your mission field is your family. Your mission field are your friends. That's the mission field. And we got to go. And it better start in Jerusalem because if it can't get out of Jerusalem, if we can't launch it in Jerusalem, it will never get to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so Philip begins preaching. He's doing miraculous signs and wonders, and he's filled with the Spirit of God, and it's an incredible chapter. You ought to go home and read Acts 8. Acts is awesome. But the thing that happens is all of a sudden an angel appears to him. And an angel, listen to this. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem. Jeru, the place of Salem, peace. Jerusalem, the place of peace. So the angel says to him, go south. Thank God for the calling to minister to the south. Home of cornbread. Fried okra. Sweet tea. I went to Texas and almost cried. I ordered all this barbecue and then asked for sweet tea. And they looked at me like they didn't know what it was. Right? I think that's why God called Jeremy to L.A. and not me. Because you need some sweet tea for the calling. Well, the angel says, you're going to go south and you're going to go down the desert road. Make no mistake. Sometimes you get called down the desert road because God wants you on the desert road. You're like, life's a beach. I want to be at the beach. God's like, no, no, I got work for you to do. And for you to do this work, you got to go down the desert road. So don't. Resist going down the desert road because you don't see the miracle of spiritual awakening until sometimes you're willing. My God, I feel it. Until you go down the desert road. So if you're on the desert road and you feel like you're going down, keep your eyes open because God might just have a cosmic collision, a divine appointment, someone that's going to offer you weed and they need to know about something that takes them way higher than that trip. And he goes down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza, one of the five key cities of the Philistines. Goliath, remember him? That's where he's saying, you're going to go. You're going to go into the enemy's territory. So he started out and he met the treasure of Ethiopia. This man was powerful. He was emasculated. He was powerful and he reported to the queen. When I say queen, don't think like beautiful woman, eye candy, sits next to the king. This woman rode an elephant. In fact, her lineage goes all the way back to Queen Sheba. You with me? As a very powerful woman, Queen of Sheba comes to talk to Solomon. Solomon is very wise. She was very wise. He was very wealthy. She was very wealthy. And all of a sudden, there's this draw because I'd heard about this God. I'm coming, Solomon, to hear if this God that you guys are talking about is really, really as good as what we're hearing and this was south of egypt a little different than ethiopia as we know it today but south of egypt and and um in the northeast of africa this woman comes and as history would tell us there's a love relationship go figure with solomon there's a love relationship between them so much that she doesn't even want to leave him and go back to her own people but when she goes back to her own people she takes the god of solomon with her are you with me you need to know this because this is setting up the story so so they had known about this god and here we see verse 27 so he started out he met the treasure and he's a eunuch of great authority this was like the secretary of the treasure this was this was a, a cfo This guy was very powerful, and yet he wasn't the powerful one. He was working for the powerful one. A eunuch of great authority under 
Candic, or some translations read Candace, and that's not her name. It is a title. It's like Pharaoh or Caesar. These were the women that rode elephants. In fact, history would define it so much that, that one of them, one of them, one of the Candaces rode an elephant out to face Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great, after talking with her for a short time, decided he didn't want none. He said, we're not fighting today, boys. That's this woman. Are you with me? And now there's this very wealthy, powerful man. And he is coming back from church. He went to Jerusalem. Why did he go to Jerusalem? He went to Jerusalem. It was a pilgrimage and it was a privilege. He wanted to learn more about God, right? Like deep within us, there's something about us that says there's got to be more than what we know. There's more than the show. There's more than the smoke and mirrors. Like, what is this really about? Like, why am I really on this earth? Like, what's the real meaning? Are you with me? Do you know anyone like that? You know anyone that's searching? There's like, certainly there's got to be more than just Making money, paying bills, and going to bed tired. Making money, paying bills, going to bed tired. Are you with me? Solomon said, man, smoke and mirrors. And so this guy has been to Jerusalem. Why? He had been to Jerusalem to worship. Been to Jerusalem to worship. The eunuch had gone to worship. There are people every Sunday that go to worship and yet they don't know the one who is worthy to be worshipped. Some people settle for an experience when what they need is a deliverance. They settle for, man, this was a really awesome place and they miss his face. But I notice as I read this scripture, I notice that he went to worship. And he was now returning. He's coming back from the trip. And he's seated in his carriage and he's reading aloud from the book of Isaiah. Here's a couple of things about this Ethiopian eunuch. He had a Bible. He had a heart for God. How do I know that? He was reading the Bible. He's trying to understand the Bible. He was searching, but he was confused. Sometimes the people in our lives that we think they don't desire God, they might have a Bible. They might be searching and they might just be confused. He needed someone to explain what he couldn't understand. I think it speaks in two ways. Number one, listen, don't push away people that God has placed in your life to teach you more about him, to help you to grow deeper. Don't push them away. And then on the other side, I would say, uh, if you know Jesus, it's about going to him. It's about going to him. What I love about this is, as I think about this story, very next verse, the Holy Spirit says to Philip, the Holy Spirit says to Philip, that's the key. We got to listen to the Holy Spirit. If you're a Jesus follower, you have the Spirit of God living inside of you. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Why does scripture say, do not quench the Holy Spirit? Because when we quench him, we can't hear him as clearly. It's like, well, the further we get away from home, the harder time we hear when it's time to come to the table. So the Holy Spirit is the key in witnessing. I want you to write that down, the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, you need to understand, the Holy Spirit works on us to share, but meanwhile, the Holy Spirit works on them to care. And sometimes we don't share because we forget that God is working end to end. He is both bookends. He is alpha and omega and everything in between. And if he is placing on your heart to share, he is working on their heart to care. That's huge. So here's a guy reading the Bible. He's reading it out loud. Why is he reading it out loud? Maybe he was reading it aloud so the other people around him could hear what he was saying. Maybe they thought this was just a business trip. And he's like, oh, no, you need to hear because I know this is important. I just don't understand it. And then God brings a preacher to explain it to him. So we pick up the scripture. And I love this. <laughs> Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk beside the carriage. Next words, verse 30, Philip ran over. When God says walk, we better run. When God says you need to walk, I love it to see that Philip ran. Here's a couple things, a couple notes. Number one, Philip heard the Holy Spirit. We must 
hear the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows exactly where people are. They may be 36, they may be on the one. If you wanna reach people for Jesus, you need to first of all get the key ingredient and that is listen to the Holy Spirit of God because he is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. And so when you partner with God, great things can happen. So number one, Philip, listen, he heard the Holy Spirit. We must do the same. Number two, Philip moved toward him. If you wanna win them, you want to watch God reach out and rescue them, then we must move toward them. Number three, Philip listened to him. He not only runs over, but he asked a question. He said, do you understand what you are reading? And the man replied, verse 31, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. A couple of practical things. Number one, Philip listened to him. We must listen to them. Philip was close enough to hear what was going on in this eunuch's life. So the question for you and for me today is, are we close enough to hear what's happening in their life? If we're scared that, you know, they're messy, Pastor Tim. It's like that guy you didn't witness to. He's always taking God's name in vain. He's always saying the profane. But if we're scared to get close to him, we'll never reach him. And fishing is messy. But it's awesome. And it's not my job to clean them up. That's Jesus' job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. God loves them enough to accept them where they are, and then he doesn't keep them there. He transforms them. He doesn't need me to tell them everything they need to do and don't do. He needs me to love them so I can show them so he can win them. Are you with me today? Y'all with me? I'm not sure. Y'all still with me? All right. I like it when you talk to me like that. But he wasn't just listening to him, like we must listen to him. But then he asked him. He asked the question, do you understand? We must ask them. That's where it starts. Like to you, who's Jesus? Like, what do you think? We just got to get it out there. It may be like, I don't do that to get high, man. I do something different. Just to get their attention. And this guy, all of a sudden, this guy tells uh, Philip, he's like, man, I don't understand what I'm reading. And how can I unless someone explains it to me? And that's exactly why the Spirit of God put Philip right in front of him. So he sits with him. He doesn't just ask him. He sits with him. We got to sit with him. Jesus was a friend of sinners. Sinners, no, people, nothing like Jesus loved Jesus. And why did they love Jesus? Because he wasn't too good to sit with him. He wasn't too good to hang with him. It wasn't about my little Christian community. Everything's Christian. Got the Christian verses on the salt shakers. I got the Christian fish. I got the Christian bumper sticker. I got the Christian pillows. I got the Christian Jesus breaks. I got the Christian this and that. I've got Christian deodorant. You know, I've got, you name it. I've got, I got it all. My glasses are Christian. They got, you know, with, you know, this verse on it. If we're not careful, we have so much stuff like that and we can isolate ourselves. Jesus didn't die on the cross so we would isolate ourselves. Jesus died on the cross so we would go and share the power of the gospel, which has the power to transform their lives. And Peter asked him, and he sits with him, and he listens to him. And then Peter explains the scripture. I love this. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, what was he talking about? And I love it, verse 35. So beginning with this same scripture. In other words, he was ready to pick up right where the man was. He didn't say, well, let me take you back to the book of Genesis. He said, no, this is where you're at in your life. You're actually right here and you're actually right here in Isaiah. So let's start right where you are. If you're going to reach them and watch God win them, you got to just start right where they're at. You just got to start right where they're at. What's going on in your life? Y'all with me? Here's what I love. He reached them at his moment of uncertainty. That's key. That is so key because there are people here today Jesus isn't your savior. You're religious, but you're lost just like this guy. And you're so uncertain. You don't know which end is up. And you've tried this and you try that. And you're here right now because you're giving this a try. And you're searching. And we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're searching because we know what you're searching for. We know you're looking for hope. And hope has a name. And his name is Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, I'm telling you, it'll radically change your life. Not just for later, but for here and now. Then all of a sudden they come along, 
some water. And I read this. This is the end of the story. So they rode along. They came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Cool. Why can't I be baptized? You see, when you become a Christian, the first thing you want to do is you want to be identified with Jesus. And you want to be baptized. We're going to have a beach baptism coming up. Why do we do that? Why do we do baptism? Why do we talk about baptism? We do it because after you receive Jesus, like once you get on the team, you want the jersey, right? Like when you hear that camp's amazing, you want to wear the t-shirt. Like I want to be identified with that. I want to be identified with Jesus. Somebody start the party. Like, come on. Can I get baptized? And he's like, yeah, you can get baptized. And so what happens He gets baptized. He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized them. I don't want to die on the hill for this, but I do want you to know that all through Scripture, it talks about them going down into the water or coming up out of the water. It's consistent. uh, It it wasn't even a church or religious word back then, but the Greek word baptizo was a word that was used in ordinary language all the time. They passed the salsa baptizo. They they wanted to immerse that chip in that salsa. They're like, I don't just a little bit. I want a lot of it, right? And they put that whole chip. Some of y'all do the same thing, right? I do the same thing, right? If it weren't for cheese, I'd be skinnier. But you know, so is the story, right? I don't want to just tick, tick. I want to like see how much cheese can I get on that chip? How much cheese can I keep on that chip? How much cheese can I get? Where it matters. <laughs> you with me? And that's what this was. And so he sees the water. And he's like, oh, oh, we're going to go down and we're going to come up. Why? Because Jesus was buried. He died and he was buried. So we were buried with Jesus in baptism. Here's the good news. Jesus arose. Here's the good news. So will we. Amen. You with me? That's why baptism is by immersion. That's why we don't sprinkle here. That's why we don't do it. And I, I'm not, you know, I got buddies that sprinkle. I'm like, dude, like that's, you know. You have to get right with Jesus. You get to heaven. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. I tease. That's a, that's a, that's a joke. That's a joke. I thought y'all laughed. I'll scratch that for the next gathering. I said, um, that's, that's fine. But when we baptize, we do that because it's a picture of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. I don't want to be stuck at death. Amen. Give me the hope of the resurrection. Here's what, here's what I know and here's what I love. What I love is that Philip chased down this chariot. And I want to tell you, if you're here without Jesus... God has put people in your life to chase down your chariot, to tell you. And then if you know Jesus today, I want to ask you the question. Whose chariot are you chasing down? I mean, he's running in the desert. How fast do you have to run to catch up with a chariot? And then the Holy Spirit, out of your, when you're out of breath... <laughs> God's good. He says, now go walk (laughs) beside that. And if we're scared to get up in the chariot with them, we'll never see them reached. But if we have a heart to say, God, I want to reach them because I know you love them. And I want to share because God, ultimately you care. You know what? God will teach you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. And when you catch men and women alive, you'll forget about your business, your little business. Don't offend me like that. Your little business. You'll forget about your business. All of a sudden, everything's his business. When it's his business, that's the business. And it's nothing wrong with business, whether you're a preacher or a business owner. No, it's not about that. It's just everything all of a sudden now you see through the grid of the fact that Jesus wants people to have the good news. Like I pray to God we come up with a cure for cancer. I've seen people over here and here and here and here and here and people getting diagnosed all the time. And and we had Desiree up here and she's been healed and we're like praising God. My buddy Brent just got good news. We're praising God. We're praying for people. Even in this gathering, we have cancer. We're praying. You know, I wish there was just like this one formula to end cancer. I wish it with all my heart. But sin's worse than cancer. Sin will kill you twice. And we have the good news. We have the good news. And I want to tell you today, you are saved to share. Because you care. Because he first loved us. And next week, we're going to go nuts and bolts. Give me the skinny on how you do that, Pastor Tim. And I'm going to do that. With heads bowed and eyes closed. How many here 
would say, uh, Pastor Tim, you'd say, here's the truth. Um, I'm a Jesus follower. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. But I'll be honest with you, Pastor Tim. Um, I'm just going to go bold with it. I'll just be honest with you. Man, I don't even know if I've led someone to Jesus or I can't remember the last time I have. And this in a place of shame. This is, this is to change the game. And you say, you know what? I, I'm no longer okay with average. I don't want to be the average Christian that takes the light and hides it under a bushel. I want to be a city on a hill. And I'm asking Jesus today to do a deep work through the power of the Holy Spirit in my life today. If that's you and you're a Jesus follower, stand up. Would you stand up? I'm stand with you. Would you stand up? Don't stand up because you think you should or you, what if, what if, you know, don't do that. No one's looking at you. God is. And that's all that matters. You say, Pastor Tim, I want God to make me a fisher of people, a fisher of men, a fisher of women. More than building a business, I want to build God's business. More than being excited about this or that name, I want to be way more excited about his name. We all try to spread different things, don't we? Let's spread Jesus. And now, Holy Spirit, as they've stood I stretch out my hands to them and ask you, Spirit of God, knowing that you see them right now in the honesty of this moment, that you would empower and equip them to catch men and women alive. And that through this moment, millions of people would come to know you. Because when we cross this line, may we never turn back. And may it not just be a heart on fire. May it be a million hearts on fire. May it not just be one person who knows Jesus, who decides to share Jesus. But then every person that they share Jesus with, may they exponentially share Jesus. Till all the world has heard, Jesus saves. I prayed in your name. Thank you. you. may be seated. And in the presence of God today, there are people here you know without a doubt that you and Jesus, you don't, you don't have peace with Jesus. You don't know where you stand with Jesus. You are at the place of uncertainty and God is okay with that. And God wants to reach you right smack dab in the middle of your journey. And he'll send someone from miles away to get up in that chariot, to sit, to listen, to ask, to tell, and to baptize you. He is not willing for you to go to hell. He's not willing for you to be looking and not knowing. He will meet you where you're at. In fact, that's why you're here today, sir. That's why you're here today, ma'am. This is not an accident. I dare not give you less than Hollywood would give you. This is life. This thing matters. This will matter for eternity. So where do you stand today with Jesus? Where do you stand? Well, I'll tell you where he stands. He's standing with you, not against you. He loves you. He loves you so much. He, he decided to let you know he would not want to spend eternity without you. So while we were sinners, he died for us. For me, a sinner, a filthy sinner, he died for me. He loved me enough to prove it. He stretched out his arms, didn't just hug me. He embraced me with a cross that should have been mine. And with nails pierced in his arms, but with love holding him to a cross. He stayed and prayed for me. And I'm thankful. Because whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. If I will confess my sin and declare Jesus Christ is Lord and believe he died for me, was buried and rose again, my sins will be washed away. My future will be secured. And I'm telling you, it's a brand new day. And I can't help but think the way God wired this message up in me today that there aren't people right here, right now, Satan's fixing to lose a grip on. Today's your day. Today's your day. Today is your day. If that's you, do not, do not resist the Holy Spirit. The reason why you feel nervous, your hands are sweating a little bit, your heart's pounding a little bit, is because there, there's a real battle going on. It's a spiritual warfare thing you can't even see. Satan wants to keep you and God wants to redeem you. And he, he wants you back. And all you got to do is say yes to him. It is that simple it was not easy but it is that simple you say yes 
to the gospel. It's got the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes. If that's you today, would you say, Pastor Tim, I'm going to invite him in. Let's do it. We'll pray this prayer together, all of us. I'm going to ask everyone to pray it out loud to encourage those who will pray it for the first time. It's not simply just saying these words. It's not magic that gets you into heaven. It is transferring your faith in Christ's finished work. That means you no longer are relying on your goodness, your church attendance, your confirmation. You're not relying on any religious act. You're relying on nothing less than a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you're allowing him to do for you what you could never do for yourself. That's wash away your sins and make you right with Almighty God. If you're ready to do that, I say, let's pray. Would you repeat after me? Would you say, dear Jesus, I feel your love. I accept your love. I say yes to you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for bleeding for me. Thank you for rising again. I declare Jesus is Lord. I give you my life. I accept your life. Now teach me how to live. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you did that today, I want to give you an opportunity to thank me one day in heaven. What do you mean, Pastor Tim? Jesus said, if you are not... If you are not ashamed of me in front of people, I will not be ashamed of you in the presence of my Father. I want to ask you today, if you did that, to stand up on the count of three. What an awesome opportunity to say, I'm not ashamed. I said yes to Jesus today. And I want everyone to know, I said yes. I won't embarrass you. I want to ask you to stand right here. I want to ask you to stand on the count of three. I believe people will stand today. Don't let Satan talk you out of a blessing. Here it is. One, give him courage, Holy Spirit. Two, three, right now. Would you stand? Would you pop up right now and say, that's me today. That's me, Pastor Tim.